Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Tobin? Kathy? I am so filled with joy. Why are you filled with joy, Kath? Because recently, Taiwan became the first country in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage. Yes, it's amazing news I thought of you immediately when I heard. Good. (laughs) And it got me thinking about how much Taiwan has changed since I left when I was four. From rarely seeing any queer representation to now leading the charge on LGBT rights in Asia. It's amazing. This has been in the works for a while. Back in 2017, Taiwan's highest court gave the legislature two years to pass a law guaranteeing same-sex marriage in the country. And now it's finally happened. So to celebrate, we're rerunning an episode that we released last year, before same-sex marriage passed, when I traveled to Taiwan with my mom and imagined what life would have been like if I'd never left. I love Taiwan. I was born there. I spent the first four years of my life there. Growing up, I went back frequently with my family to visit. I love the people. I love the scooters. I love the public transit. And I love the food. Oh my god, I love the food so much. Beef noodle soup, mian bubble tea, stinky tofu, Taiwanese desserts. I just love it all. It's also the place where I discovered I was queer. I spent a semester in college learning Mandarin in Taiwan and fell in love with a teacher. Nothing ever happened, but that really was the beginning of me figuring out my queerness. So when this happened... Celebrations broke out across Taiwan this week as a court ruling paved the way to the first same-sex marriage law in Asia. I was beside myself. Last year, Taiwan's highest court ruled that same-sex marriage is legal under its constitution, even though no laws currently allow it. And it gave the legislature two years to change the law. And if they don't, then the Taiwanese government would just have to start issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. So basically, same-sex marriage is very likely happening. It's just not official yet. This news made some sense because Taiwan is maybe the most queer-friendly country in Asia. It has the continent's largest pride parade, more than 120,000 people last year. No Asian country has legalized same-sex marriage, and protections for LGBTQ folks are pretty rare. And for a long time, Taiwan barely had any protections either. When I studied there a decade ago, queerness wasn't very visible. And it definitely wasn't when my mom was growing up in Taiwan. She grew up believing in a nuclear family with a mom and a dad and kids, and falling outside of the norm is bad and shameful. If you heard the show before, you've probably heard her say that. I've tried coming out to my mom multiple times, and it never seems to go very well. We struggle because of the language barrier, but even more so, we have a cultural barrier. She wants me to be happy, but my being queer makes her unhappy. And she'll say it's fine, but she'll also ask why I have to be this way and look this way. Not long ago, my mom calls me up and says, your cousin's getting married. And I say, great, when are we going to Taiwan? And she says, it's just the wedding banquet. You don't have to go. And I'm like, why don't you want me to go? And she's like, that's not what I'm saying. Finally, we agree the two of us will make this trip together. So this is kind of exciting. This is going to be our first trip there together since the same-sex ruling. And if Taiwan has come such a long way in queer rights, maybe my mom can get there too. This is WNYC Studios. Welcome Nancy. Cassie 
my mom. After 14 hours in the air, I land in Taiwan and I meet my mom in the airport. There she is. Hello, mother. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. It's just me and my mom on this trip. My dad only comes here once a year for his annual checkup because, fun fact, Taiwan has universal health care so it's cheaper. Other facts about Taiwan, it's an island of about 23 million residents and there's a mix of Chinese, Japanese and indigenous cultures. The country also recently elected its first female president, who is obsessed with her two cats, Xiangxiang and Atai. Anyway, my mom and I take the bullet train to Taichung, where my mom's side of the family lives. Manjin Wansang, can you interview with me? Just one more time. It's like part three. It's a trilogy. <laughs> this will be like part three. It's the third part. It's never the last part. As the train hits towards Taichung, concrete buildings give way to farmland. And within an hour, we're there. Hello. My uncle meets us at the train station, and we all pile into his minivan. When we get to his house, I see my grandfather for the first time in years. He pretty much looks the same as the last time I saw him, gray and feisty. But it's the first time he's seen me with short hair. He doesn't recognize me. <laughs> he says I look like a boy. I ask him what he thinks about my hair. He thinks it's okay, but I should still have long hair. It'll be easier to have a boyfriend that way. So I ask him, what if I have a girlfriend, a new panyo? He says there's nothing wrong with that, but I have to remember my daily habits. I don't understand him completely, but I think he says that he's fine with me having a girlfriend. Or he has no idea what I'm saying. It's probably the latter. Look at all the makeup. My mom and I rest a little and then head out to a department store. We always go to department stores because one, air conditioning and can get so hot in Taiwan. And two, there are so many stores within a store there. You can find almost anything. We go because someone forgot to bring a proper shirt for the wedding. There we practice our age-old tradition of disagreeing on what clothes to buy. Uh, that's pink. No pink. The ritual goes like this. She picks out a shirt, and I say no. I pick out a shirt, and she says no. This goes on for more than an hour. She seems to be magnetically drawn to these light, pastel-y, girly, like, blouses, I think. I can do yellow. Yellow? Yellow? Uh, we eventually settle on a light gray button-up. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but it'll do. That wasn't that hard. Being in Taiwan, I'm wondering how my mom would vote on same-sex marriage if she got the chance. She says, I would support it. You choose your own road. 
which honestly surprised me a little. Do you think I would still come out in Taiwan? She doesn't know, and maybe in Taiwan it would have been different. She says she and my dad gave me too much freedom. There weren't many restrictions, so I became the way I am. But in Taiwan, there wouldn't be the same environment. Or maybe there would have been. She doesn't know. She says, maybe in Taiwan, I would have gotten married to a man. Maybe. But we're just talking about things that can't happen, so there's no point talking about it. I'm just curious. I'm laughing because she says she's given up. But the literal translation is, my heart is dead to the possibility. And it just sounds so dramatic. She says, I misunderstand her. Basically, she doesn't have the specific hope of me marrying a man and having kids. And that makes her sad, at least a little. If I'm happy doing what makes me happy, there's nothing to be done about it. The thing is, I don't want my mom to be sad. That makes me sad. There's this word in Mandarin, xiaoshun. It most closely translates to filial piety, which basically means the reverence children should show towards their parents. And it's a deeply Taiwanese value. I strive to live by this value. I did well in school. I don't get in trouble. I help my parents with their tech issues. Once they were stranded without internet for three days until I showed up and restarted their router. And I translate for them all the time. But it's like none of that counts. It can't make up for the fact that I'm queer. My mom is still sad. Maybe if I hadn't left Taiwan, if my mom hadn't left, we wouldn't speak different languages, we wouldn't have this gulf between us, and I still could have been out, and maybe she would understand me better. While I'm here, I figure I'll take a few days to sort of test out that idea. And anyway, I need a break from my family for a few days. So I take the train up to Taipei, the capital of Taiwan, the city of my birth. It's where I studied abroad in college all those years ago. Hey. Hey. I meet my friend Andrew. My name is Andrew Ryan. Uh, I work for Radio Taiwan International. Been in Taiwan for 20, oh, 22 years. <gasps> I don't always tell people that because <laughs> they always have the same response. <laughs> Mouth agape. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew is a gay white dude, big smile, kind eyes, and works as a journalist and a TV presenter. We have the exact same dry sense of humor. Before today, we've only talked online, but it feels like we've known each other forever. He's also completely fluent in Mandarin, like no accent fluent. Probably because he's been here since 1996, learning the language, seeing changes. The first year uh, they held the first gay pride parade in Taipei. It was a gathering of about 100 people, and a lot of people were wearing masks. And it was, you know, people were, they didn't talk about what it was like to be gay. When I first got here, there were so few gay bars. Uh, there were only a handful, and they were underground, like literally underground, in basements. Oh my God. 
and people didn't tell their straight friends they were gay. They didn't bring their straight friends to gay bars. Um, and then today, there's a whole section in Taipei where there are above ground gay bars in the open air. Like, in, you can sit in a gay bar and have sunshine on your skin. <laughs> That's how out in the open it is. The place that we went to is called Funky. And it was this amazing place. It was packed. And at midnight, like, they would play cha-cha music, and everybody on the dance floor would cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha, three. But to pop music, to mando pop, like Mandarin <laughs> pop music. Do you remember a song? Oh, my God, yeah. Like, Jie Mei, the, it's Zhang Hui Mei, Ah Mei. Oh, my God. The most famous pop singer in Taiwan. baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to try next couple days. You and I are going to be hanging out. Okay. Um, I'm going to need you to be my like queer guide. For the queer girl. <laughs> <laughs> queer eye for the queer girl in Taiwan version. <laughs> Love it. I'm totally on it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, I'm curious, like, what would life have been like had I never left? If you'd never left Taiwan. Yeah. So I have this friend. She's, she's really cool. Her name is Nangua. It means pumpkin. Her her real name is Li Deyun. Uh-huh. She's a singer-songwriter. Uh-huh. Um, she also recently cut her hair short like you did. I, I have a feeling you have a lot in common. We're going to add to the gang. Yeah. Andrew fires up his scooter and hands me a helmet. I jump on the back, and we're off to meet Nanguo. Andrew and I fall in with the other scooters on the giant main road. Scooters are everywhere, crammed up against buses and cars. It's humid and sunny, and the city flies by around us. Man, I really want a scooter. Then we turn off into a small side street and park the scooter on the side of the road. Hey, look who it is. Hey. It's <laughs> hi. Nangua. Hi, hi. It's Kathy. Hello, so. hello. Hi, hi. Kathy. <laughs> hello. Nangua is a thin woman, about my height, and 32 years old like me. She's got short black hair, just slightly longer than mine, and she's carrying a guitar. Nangua, Andrew, me, and a few other friends all sit down for a quick lunch at a Korean restaurant to get to know each other a little. <laughs> After lunch, Andrew, Nangua, and I walk over to 228 Park. It's the place where the first gay pride parade was held in 2003. Back then, it was known as one of the only places where gay people could hang out. Oh, dating spot. Quiet spot. Do you remember the first time that you came here? <laughs> the first time. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the day when I tell a girl that I like her and she also liked me. Okay, and, set the scene. What was my <laughs> first my first lover? Oh my gosh. Yeah. How old were you? Seventeen. So young. So young. <laughs> Nangua went to this high school that my mom always told me she wanted me to go to, Beiyinu. It's basically the Harvard of girls' high schools in Taiwan. Did you have gay classmates? Uh, yes, but uh, I figured it out after years from graduation. Really? Yeah. Because when we are still classmates, we didn't ask each other these kinds of questions. Uh-huh. 
uh, at least me, I, I, I didn't ask people about their sexuality. But were there couples? Uh, they, yeah, they, they were. There were actually quite a few people who were queer at the school. And honestly, part of me wonders if I would have come out then because I would have seen queerness more than I did in my school in the U.S. I can't remember a single person in high school who was queer. Like me, Nangua's first serious relationship was in college. But unlike me, she was outed by a teacher. One of my college teachers, and uh, he called my parents and told them that I have a girlfriend. No. And, uh, and, and I was in kind of trouble balancing my relationship and my college study. Okay, first of all, was that true? Were you having trouble balancing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, but... Well. So, uh, so he was right. Yeah, he, he was right, yeah. <laughs> After years, I, I admit he was right. <laughs> but at that time, I, uh, I, told, I told the teacher that I don't think it's the relationship's fault. Uh, when my girlfriend at that time wanted to fight, have a fight... And I say, okay, let's have a fight today. I don't go to class today. Even if it's a, a final exam or something, yeah. I don't go to class today. We just fight. <laughs> so when the teacher realized that my situation is kind of uh, dangerous or something, uh, he thought of one of his students before. And the student is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And finally she committed suicide. Oh, no. And so the teacher told me that uh, he, he thought that if the girl uh, could find him before she do something silly, then maybe the girl is still alive. So I think I see, I see. the teacher has some thought that, okay, uh, there's another lesbian student and I have to help her. I see. So it wasn't a malicious thing. It was He was genuinely trying to help. Yeah, in, in his way. I see. <laughs> in his way. Instead of, instead of talking to you, he <laughs> told your parents. So it's also very shocked to me when mm-hmm. I uh, received a letter from my mom. Wait, she wrote you a letter? She yeah. didn't call you? She didn't call me. She wrote me a letter and uh, a registered mail. She sent it by registered mail. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all written by her hand, which she rarely written anything. Uh, other than recipes or something. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, what did it say? What did it say? It begins with, oh, your teacher called and told, and told me everything, and we are worried about you. Mm-hmm. We worry that uh, are you slowly killing yourself, or uh, w- would you be another case on the newspapers that you die because you have a fight with some lovers or something. Mm-hmm. Just they, they, they have that, that expressions about being a lesbian. Yeah. And so they are afraid that I'm going to be that way. But at the end of the letter, she says, family is always your... your Safe harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so my parents choose to accept rather than put me out. Yeah. I asked Nangua if her mom reacts the same way to her hair as my mom does to mine. If we're gay inside, that's okay. Uh-huh. 
but when we're very, very gay outside, yes. they feel pressure. They say, so everybody would know that you're a lesbian, and yeah. maybe everybody would know that I'm a parent of lesbian. You know, <laughs> so that's yeah. their pressure. There's feel there's other people's view everywhere. I have this feeling that uh, actually parents are from different world mm -hmm. from with kids, so we have to accept that. Parents has their limitations too. Mm. Like I cannot change change my shape for my parents, but they can. Maybe they cannot change their shape for me too. The archives at Carnegie Hall hold treasures from our cultural history. In the new podcast, If This Hall Could Talk, we use these items as touchstones to explore how the past shaped the world we live in today. I'm your host, Jessica Vosk, and I'll be joined by historians, performers, cultural critics, and others to look back at the iconic venue's legendary and sometimes quirky history. If This Hall Could Talk, from Carnegie Hall and distributed by WQXR. Listen wherever you get podcasts. What's something your parents are super stubborn about? They think that everyone should get married and have children, then your life can be complete. They push the idea very hard and they can't let it go. They will find all sorts of ways and um, it's been decades, they still can't let it go. That's why I wish they could stop and see that there are other possibilities. Early the next morning, Andrew and I scooter to an apartment building in Taipei. On the 12th floor, we walk into a place called Tongzhi Hotline. The hotline is an inclusive LGBTQ center that runs all kinds of programs for the queer community in Taipei, and it's literally in an apartment. There are posters of different queer Asian movies on the wall, and we sit down in the cozy living room. The center runs a hotline for people who have come out, and there's also a hotline for their parents. I'm the uh, Guo Mama. Andrew and I meet Guo Mama. Guo is her last name, and Mama means mom. Guo Mama has been volunteering at the hotline for 14 years. She says that when her kid was first coming out, she and her husband had trouble finding information. We're all looking very, very uh, hard for those information on the internet then. There is no line or, yeah. or a Facebook then. Yeah. Uh, 16, 17 years ago, wow. when, when he came out. Wow. He was very young, so how can we expect him to know anything, you know, yeah. Concrete, so we have to do all the homework ourselves. Uh, did he come out as a trans transgender then? No, 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 as a uh, lesbian. Oh, okay. Almost like a T, mm. uh, definitely a T. Mm. A T, yeah, like boyish. Butch. Oh. Yeah. butch, right, yeah. butch. A few years later, he came out as trans. Guomama has been volunteering at the hotline ever since. What, what makes it hard for people in Taiwan? Uh, you know, some parents, uh, for Chinese parents, we still believe that children are our property. 
So we will do all the uh, decisions for them. Uh, we buy houses for them. And we protect them, over protect sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we have the uh, control freak hands forever. <laughs> or the uh, helicopter parents yeah. all over. <laughs> we are probably not like that, but, yeah. but still, the, uh, the the society the the pressure are different because mm. they are judging the parents first. How come you your oh. kids are like that? How do you think uh, a kid can come out to their their parents? Like, what is the easiest way to do that so they understand? Five steps. Oh wow, there's five steps. steps. I need five, five steps. Five steps. <laughs> That's great. All right. Five steps. Okay. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> Write a letter first. When was the first time you realized you're different? Mm -hmm. Really early, as early as possible. So, you know, you, you force the parents to know this is not the uh, outsider, this is not the uh, what school you're in or, or the friends you're dealing with uh, make the problem become the problem. Started really, really uh, early mm -hmm. in their lives. And second, when you confirmed you were really different, and you confirmed it. Confirmed. You, you, you have certain steps yourself, you know. You, yeah. you, ch you check, you, you, you try different mm -hmm. ways, and you blame the classmates or, <laughs> or the movies or everything. Your kids will do that a lot, mm. alone. But at a certain point, you're confirmed, like you're, you're desperate. You say, oh, I have no one. No one can help me. I'm, I'm definitely that kind of person. Mm -hmm. There's a date. A year to mm -hmm. tell your wow. parents okay. then. The third, it's like uh, the history of your LGBT life, mm -hmm. like what happened. You have uh, tried the opposite sex. Uh, you you have uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, and many things. You have went to the doctors. You you went to hotline and things like that, like a history. Mm -hmm. Also telling the parents, there's no way you can change now. Mm -hmm. Fourth is your now. What happens now? You're 28 or 35. Uh, you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, and what you're really seeing yourself. You you have already adjust to your orientation, hmm. and uh, tell your parents I'm really happy and have a partner and and, and what I'm gonna do. And the fifth most important, what's my futures look like now? Hmm. Hmm. I want to get married. Uh, I, I want to have cats, dogs, or babies, <laughs> or <laughs> everything. It plans. is very plans, <laughs> life plans. It is really important. So your parents will say, "Oh, my my kids were so alone, and and, and he would die alone." And yeah. they have a very scary pictures in their minds. Yeah. You have to tell them, "No, mm. I have my own plans for my f future." Write a letter. If you're really lazy, just write five sentences. <laughs> <laughs> and you can always fill in later. And your parents will read, read it uh, probably a hundred times. Mm. They really want to know what is going on. So I've sent emails to my mom about being queer, but I'm realizing now that I've only been doing step four the one about what's happening right now. I haven't done any of the other steps that will let her know about my past and my future. Maybe that's what I need to do. 
See, at nighttime, these will be all totally packed. Uh-huh. Be, you know, Andrew takes me to where the gay bars are in Taipei. They're in Xingmending, a bustling area that lights up at night. I've been there a million times, but never saw the gay bars there. Turns out, I just hadn't looked across the street. These are all the bars. What's this called? Uh, Bear Village, Xiaoxiongcun. That's the original. And the bars really are out in the open. There's plenty of outdoor space for drinking and dancing. Andrew says that at night, this place really gets loud and crowded. But right now, it's pretty quiet. Sip a tea before we start. <laughs> we sit down and Andrew takes out his laptop. I've decided that I'm going to write that letter to my mom that Guomama suggested. And Andrew, because he's proficient in the language of Mandarin, <laughs> he's going to type it in Mandarin for me. But you've already come out here, Mom, a million yeah, times. But I feel like maybe this is a way for me to give it to her, because I don't think I filled in the history for her and um, give her all the information. I was just sort of like, here it is, deal with it. So let's do it in five simple steps. Five simple steps. <laughs> all right, your mom. Do we write number one? Does that help? No. No. Don't put numbers on your letter. <laughs> okay, tell them when you realized you were different. I think I realized I was different in elementary school. Okay. You don't need to hear the whole letter writing process. It took two hours. In the letter, I tell my mom about how I discovered I was queer in Taiwan and how I hope to eventually get married and have dogs and maybe even kids. And I have to say, it was really nice to get all of these things down on paper. Because all this time, I thought this stuff was only important to me. At the end of the letter, I tell my mom she can even play matchmaker for me if she wants. Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aw, this is great, Andrew. Thank you so much. Are you okay? I'm having a moment. Okay. <laughs> Kathy, I think it's really beautiful. I love it too. Thank you for helping me. I'm back in Taizong and back at my uncle's house. It's almost time for the wedding banquet, the thing we're all here for. The house is full of balloons that we're going to bring over to the venue. My cousin Hannah is all dressed up and ready, and she's surprisingly relaxed. She's watching TV and eating snacks, and she shows me her favorite feature of her dress. Part of the reason Hannah is so chill is that she knows this party isn't really about her. It's for her parents, and she's cool with that. She's always been Xiaoxun, has always been deferential to her parents. It's time for the banquet. More than 100 people packed into a small restaurant, most of them my uncle's friends. Ten courses of food, chicken soup, whole fish with ginger, braised beef, veggies, eight treasure rice pudding, and lots of cheering and drinking at each table. My grandpa is trying to toast everyone, and my mom is laughing and chatting with all of our relatives. Over the night, I watch Hannah and her husband weave in and out of guests, saying hello and thanking all of her dad's friends for being there. She doesn't complain once. She even seems to be enjoying how happy it's clearly making him. And I can actually sort of see myself doing something like this. Not marrying a man, obviously. But I could imagine myself having a traditional Taiwanese celebration and humoring my parents in this way. The thing is, I don't know if they'd be willing to host a celebration like this for me. Okay. 
I've been in Taiwan for about a week, and it's time to go back to the U.S. At the airport, my mom spends an ungodly amount of time in a duty-free store looking at an expensive wallet. I tell her she and I are not so different. I spend way too much money on backpacks. Then I finally get her to sit down with me. I need to tell you about what I learned in Taiwan this week. Okay. Um, I learned that Asian parents are not good at showing support outwardly, but they show support inwardly. She says parents will always do what they need to do for their kids. You know how I feel like I'm really hard on you because I want you to be supportive like American parents. I tried to. Yeah. I tell her about Guo Mama's idea to write a letter about my life, and then you give it to your parents. So I had Andrew help me write a letter. Can you cut? Okay. Can you read it? Now. It's in Chinese. And she reads the letter. Her face stays the same. I can't tell if she's feeling any emotion at all. I ask her to give the letter to my dad, and she says, "Okay." What do you think? She respects me, and if I'm happy living this way, that's all she wants. But I can't expect her to have the reaction I want. That's too much pressure for her. Well, I just wanted to say, um, I think you've come a really long way from when I first told you and you were yelling at me. Thank you for trying. That's it, she says. Anything else? Nothing. Kathy. Tobin. You're back from Taiwan. Mm -hmm. There's been some time to process. I am dying to know, has your mom said anything more about the letter? She has not. Nothing? Nothing. I've heard nothing. What about your dad? I usually hear nothing from him, so it's like a normal thing. Why don't you think they've said anything about the letter? I think that they're okay with me talking about being queer, but I don't think that they can be the initiators right now. It's still too much. Maybe one day it'll be okay, but right now it's still too much. Hmm. Yeah. But you feel more comfortable bringing it up yourself. Oh, yeah. I'll bring up, like, the person I'm dating. I bring up you all the time. And I always include something about how you're gay. (laughs) Make sure your boyfriend's in there doing gay things. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they're fine with that. That's good. Well, so where do you think you and your mom are in your relationship now? I think that we're not where I would love us to be one day, where she's, like, joining PFLAG and she's going to the Pride Parade. (laughs) But we're at a place where we can joke about things, and I think that's really important. Well, maybe you'll get to that last step in Kathy and Mom Part (laughs) 4. She's going to hate that so much. All right, we'll give her a break. (laughs) 
All right, that is our show. Very special thanks this week to Andrew Ryan. I'm playing the Taiwanese Tobin Low. <laughs> you can hear a couple of the songs Nengua played for us on our website at nancypodcast.org. Credits. Producers. Matt Collette and Alice Wilder. Sound designer. Jeremy Bloom. Intern. Melissa Lint. Editor. Jenny Lawton. Executive producer. Paula Schumann. I'm Tobin Lowe. I'm Kathy Tu. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios.